Hello and welcome to Groovecast, the podcast for the rhythm section with me, Ashley Walker. And me, Charlie Smith. Um, And today we're going to kind of do a bit of a catch-up episode because I think it's been, I don't know how many months since we last recorded, actually together recorded. It's been a few, Um, must have been, oh, at least four months now, I think, something like that. Middle of August, towards the end of August, something like that. Yeah, and then, um, as you may have seen, we uh, we had December off this year. Um, didn't release an episode, which is unlike us. But um, it was uh, just one of those times of the year, as we're going to get into, we've, uh, we've had a fair bit going on between the two of us. And then, yeah, so back to back to regular scheduled programming now, I think. Yeah. I was going to uh, slip in the most wonderful time of the year thing, but just trying to get Ba-boom. a couple of cheesy things in early on. Yes, for a nice <laughs> bit of post-Christmas cheer. <laughs> Bumbug. Indeed. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we um, yeah we, we didn't do a Christmas episode this year, which, uh, yeah. But we've already done one of those, so if you want to find a Christmas episode... Go back digging through the Groovecast archives, and there is one there. I think yeah. it's episode six of the first season, but I might be wrong. Yeah, and I think we talk about some little funny gig stories and our favourite groovy Christmas tracks, which I don't yeah. think has really changed in that year. No, no, I don't think so. I think I'm sick of hearing a lot of them now, because I've been <laughs> sat in a theatre where they've been played every day for the past two months so i'm kind of i think i'm kind of done with christmas for another year now but yeah. uh but yeah it was um that was a fun episode to do but uh yeah didn't didn't need repeating this year yeah i think it's kind of a little bit of a good um i don't know we were kind of thinking about doing a catch-up episode and as you say what we've kind of been up to since our last recording yeah um, i think a lot's gone on yeah, and obviously you've been in Panto Land for the past, what is yeah. it, over a month? Feels like, like a that. lifetime, but yeah, I think, it's about, I think it's about the last five and a half, six weeks. Obviously, by the time this goes out, that'll be all finished, wrapped up and done. Seven and a half weeks, gone in an, in a, in a, in an eternity, <laughs> which is yeah. easy for me to say. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so that's all all wrapped up, and then obviously for yourself, you've had a bit of a uh, a busy December in a different kind of way. Yeah, um, as we'll mention, and um, as you might have seen on social media and stuff on the Groovecast page, I've been off. Uh, part of the reason why we haven't recorded since August isn't just because we hate each other. Um, it's because no, that's partly uh, true. <laughs> um, it's because uh, of well, both of our busy schedules, and I was uh, off cruising again. Um, and I've mentioned this why. Oh, that's why. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten what I was going to say. I, I was just I sort of sidetracked myself by saying I hate you, and then that um, I kind of winded myself right there. Oh well, you know it's easy, easy done. But uh, back on track. Uh, so yeah, so how you know? Tell us about where you've been over the past couple of months, because looking at uh, some of the stuff you've put up, and obviously knowing, talking to you about your itinerary, you've. Um, I don't think there's many places you haven't been around. Uh... Yeah, certain. I think it's kind of 
in keeping with the Christmassy feel as we've kind of started off on is I think I've seen a lot of uh, more of Norway than I thought I would in my life um, <laughs> and just before recording we were saying um, it only took me three visits there to realise um, one of the places we went to in Norway was a place called Bergen and um, uh, the last time we were there uh, which was about August early September August they were doing a big um, like music competition or something like that and um, there's a big venue there and it's like the Edvard Grieg like theatre or something and there's a competition that they do um, and then I saw a, a stat we walked around the corner there was a statue of Edvard Grieg and I was like what's all and like yeah oh wait hang on he is from Norway isn't he and I was going to say, yeah, he's Norwegian. The only reason I know that is just from the uh, Morecambe and Wise sketch when they say Norway something or other. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the, uh, yeah, call him up on the phone. Yeah. That was on the other night as we were, <laughs> we were just saying before we started recording that, uh, you know, obviously uh, Morecambe and Wise at Christmas has always been a uh, something they repeat on the on the telly, but um, yeah, yeah so a, I was watching that just the other night. Christmas uh, tradition. Yeah, um, absolutely. That and a Muppets Christmas Carol. It's the top, oh, yeah. tier of, uh, top tier of festive viewing. <laughs> um, but yeah, Edvard Grieg's from Bergen originally, so um, it only took me three visits there to work that one out. Obviously not oh, the most well. perceptive. Um, you know. Bit, bit of, something you something you know now that you can uh, you can go and say hello to him and pop in for a coffee every time you're back over there. Yeah, bit of culture, bit of culture. It's the one. Um, but yeah, that's. I remembered my train of thought before was uh, being busy and uh, in December, like like you say, that's part of the reason we di- didn't manage to get a. Well, part of the reason we couldn't get a podcast in was I wasn't back till the start of December, and you were heavily in Panto land and. Um, and as everyone knows, Christmas and December can be a bit of a hectic time. Last minute Christmas shopping and <laughs> yeah, or last last minute Christmas gigs in my case. Yeah, I think I've never I've never done so many three gig days in my life. I think I did two or three of them in the last month, which is it. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty full on. Um, you know, doing two pantos and then something else as. Uh, as we'll probably get into in a in a little while, but um, yeah, let's take it back a little bit, um, and yeah, sort of maybe try and move chronologically through a little bit as best we can. Um, yeah, it's it's funny um, when you're like on the ship, and it's sort of I think like when you leave school after you've left secondary school, you kind of lose all um, and summer holidays and stuff. You kind of have no concept of time or the months and days and weeks pass you by um and when we were going to do this episode i was trying to remember where of like what order and the place i've been to and i had to kind of go on to my social media and see the photos <laughs> to like remember what order i'd been to places in um but yeah i remember for, well for me if i go first sort of i think in september kind of time it was the good thing about that this last contract was um, as it sort of got close to the winter. I think, I think the cruise company had thought of that. Um, it had been to all hot places, and so it wasn't it wasn't like nor- Northern Lights or anything like that this time. Um, yeah, went to um, uh, Italy, back to Italy, which 
I've only been there once so far and went to Palermo and Salerno and all the other O's. Um, and that's obviously the one. Had some, had some pizza, which I think you have to do, don't you? As you know. I think that's, yeah, yeah. Got to be done when you're, when you're over in Italy. Um, you know, make the most of the food and the uh, the views and the food and the wine and the food. Yeah. You know. And speaking of um, wine, um, and then on the I think on the same cruise we went to Lisbon and Madeira, which is um, the home of well, it's not as fun to talk about now for football supporters, but the home of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, which we, uh, the people that I was on the ship with are big Manchester United supporters. This was before all this Cristiano Ronaldo stuff kicked off. Uh, I'm just keeping you informed, Charlie, because I know you're, oh, good. you're a Middlesbrough supporter at heart, but that's where it kind of ends for you. That's that's about um, it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a statue of Cristiano Ronaldo, which I've been told about because he has a hotel there. Um, and he, look, if that looks like Cristiano Ronaldo, then I'm George Clooney. Oh well, you know. <laughs> it's just it's not the most um flattering, but it's um, a good it's a good thing Madeira is famous for the cake, isn't it, rather than the uh the footballers. Yeah, and um very nice port wine which I did um get a little bottle of that which will be getting opened soon, no doubt. Excellent. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's um yeah, it, what was funny as well with we went to Madeira I think earlier in like September, October and then we went back on the last cruise just as the world cup was kicking off and everything pardon the pun um and um what was funny about that one (laughs) um that's getting edited out um (laughs) not really um yeah with it being a winter world cup which is like a first football sport is a bit weird it was what was really weird was um we were watching the game in madeira the first game i think in madeira um, like in the warmth and everything, it was like really, uh, yeah, very strange. Like watching that in it's a winter World Cup, and it just felt like the summer, like usual. Well, you know, I mean, you're used to watching the World Cup in Skegness in the rain, in peak summer. Yeah. So you know, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what were your kind of? That's kind of, um, yeah, sort of. I think that's kind of my first month or so. That, uh, after August, what was kind of you got any sort of highlights and stuff from in your yeah, chronological um, order? Sort of, yeah. I mean, sort of the first thing I was going to go back on to as as a first kind of highlight, which uh, was I had a little holiday in London um, in October. Which holidaying's not something that comes really naturally to me. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> tend to prefer working a little bit. Um, but um, I went down to, to London to see a few old friends from music college and, um, you know, potter around drum shops, which was good fun. I did a lot of that. Um, but uh, I ended up going and sitting in um, in the West End with um, Neil Wilkinson on The Drifters Girl, uh, literally the day before it shut, uh, <laughs> the day before it finished its run. Um, I went. I got to go and sit in with him, which was. I mean, it was as last minute as it could have been. We, you know, I just happened to have that night f- uh, became free, and I thought, oh, I'll go and see a West End show. Um, and I, I wanted to go and see the Drifters Girl more so because of the band than anything else, because 
the the band on that show was just an absolute bunch of London's heavyweights. Um, you know, uh, some of whom I've seen a few times before, some of whom I hadn't hadn't met up until uh, that point. But um, yeah, there was some some really really great players in in the band. Obviously, Neil on drums, Adam Goldsmith on guitar, and Phil Mulford on bass. Um, and yeah, I just happened to drop Neil a, a message because we've met a few times before, um, and just see you know see if he was around before the show for a. Uh, you know, or after the show for a quick drink, you know, quick coffee, and um, yeah, that turned into me going and uh, going and sitting in with him, and it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was a real pleasure to go and sit and watch those guys doing what they do. Um, you know, it was a great uh, for for those who probably won't know that show. Uh, the band's all on stage behind um, behind a cloth, and then they just um, they're revealed for the last five minutes or so of the show um but it's unlike a lot of west end gigs it's all um the band are all um live in the sense of there's no um no di's no amp simulators everyone's got real amps real cabs the drums aren't in a box they you know there's no no screens or anything um no perspex so everything is really you know live sounding it doesn't sound like you've you know the drummer's three floors below everybody else in his little booth and you know everyone's remote or anything everyone was together you know the um bass player phil was sat right next to neil so the groove was was really cooking and yeah it was just a great a great sound and um, i think as i remember it was like two keys guitar bass drums percussion and then um trumpet trombone sax slash multi-read so it was a really really great setup um mm. and yeah all the guys on that show were just phenomenal it was it was just really great to sit in and and watch them do their job um and i was really glad uh and thankful for neil for letting me um letting me come in with him and 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 see see the show from that side of it which you know um no offense to the show, but that was the, the best seat in the house, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> you know, I didn't get to see any of the action on stage, but um, I got to see the engine room, and that was that was good with me. So that was that was kind of the the peak of a, a really nice little trip away for me in in October time, I think it was, and uh, and yeah, so was, after that, it was getting into. Um, getting back into the gigging world i went and did a little fly out gig on the isle of man which was which was nice it wasn't <laughs> as as exotic as some of the islands you visited on your on your travels but um it was it was exotic enough for me and um although i didn't see a, a statue of edward grieg uh, i did end up um passing by and having my photo with the statue of the bee gees so i oh, uh, yeah. I, I bumped into the bee gees while i was on the isle of man uh, so, uh, yeah, I was just out there doing a, a little depth gig with a, a like an eighties theatre show I've worked with on and off, um, doing odd odd little gigs with, and um, yeah, it was it's great fun. Um, flew out one day, did the gig, flew back the next day. So, um, you know, all I think I only took sticks with me and my and my pad. Everything else was was hired in for us. So it was it was it was a good 
good little show. Um, you know, audience were all into it as with those kinds of shows they quite often are. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was it. Was a, it was a good a good little gig to do, and you know, things like that where you you know you you hop off and go and explore somewhere you've never been are always kind of nice gigs, especially when you haven't got a uh, a nine hour drive to get to them, like some of the places, especially down in the south, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it that was a good little sort of mini trip away uh, work wise. And um, and yeah, that sort of I think that wraps up most of October for me. So I'll bounce it back over to you for uh, wherever you more, travel to next. More history lessons. Um, That's the one. <laughs> yeah. The well, the next one I've got was um, uh, well, like you do kind of learn. Well, you learn a lot of stuff, especially uh, cruising with people who have kind of been there and done it, and um, can give you a little you know stuff about where you are and one of the places we went around that time was cork um i think we did around the british isles cruise and we saw where uh just outside of cork there's a smaller town uh where the titanic went i think either after southampton or before obviously i wasn't listening that much um i've got pictures of all the of all of it anyway just to uh (laughs) remind me but um yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, history and obviously a pint of Guinness there waiting as well, which is always a bonus. That's um, the one. And then I think around that time as well, October, start of October, I managed to get uh, my sister on the cruise for about a week, um, and which was a just a short, very short cruise to, across the Channel to um, Rotterdam and Amsterdam. Um, and Blankenberg, which is in Belgium, um, which was great because going into sort of Amsterdam, I'd never been to those, those were all new ports for me, um, and going into Amsterdam from where the ship was was like a bit of a trek really and you had to get public transport and it was something I never would have done if I was just by myself getting off because it was a bit of a, they were all kind of a bit rainy days. Um, but yeah, we managed to, navigate um the very successfully the transport getting in and had a great day and then um sort of my I just kept saying whatever happens the like i think it was about half an hour 40 minutes from the ship so i was like worst case scenario and also taxis are really expensive uh, in i think the netherlands in general but especially around amsterdam as you'd imagine i suppose mm. um and uh I just said worst case scenario if we have to get back then and we've messed up the public transport we'll just get an uber or we'll get a taxi and we'll just bite the bullet and pay whatever it is um and literally that's exactly what happened we left enough time to it wasn't the ship wasn't leaving but i had to be back for a certain time to get ready to play before the ship left and obviously get dressed and everything and um <laughs> they got obviously neither of us speak any dutch or anything and we managed to get on the same bus to go drop us off at the second bus, which goes back to the ship. And the first bus we got on just stopped in a random street and said end of the line. And um, I th- we timed it so we had like 10 minutes to get to the next bus. And it was all meant to obviously be in the same station. And like we were, I had absolutely no idea where we were. Um, and I th- so I just quit. It was like, oh, we've got 10 minutes. We've got eight minutes. We've got... 
and I was and then I finally just had a look to see where the next bus was and it was like 15 minutes away walking so we had to bite the bullet and get the uber back which again if I was by myself would have been I think I would have been uh, yeah close to tears maybe but because Katie was there it was I felt everything was under control oh good Um, but yeah that was Amsterdam was great um we went and had a little look there's a statue there of uh, Anne Frank I think and the thing there is I think that one of the things they're known for is chips with like mayo and ketchup they do yeah Um, I think possibly more Belgium but yeah definitely in uh in Holland I think they're they're big in frites frites and mayo yeah um so we kind of we went and had a sort of version of that, but it was like with uh, cheese and bacon and and a couple of Heinekens, which is about the most fresh Heinekens you're ever going to have. Um, and similarly in uh, in Blankenburg, there's a famous uh, little bar there where they do like the strongest Stella you're ever going to have. Obviously, Belgium's <laughs> kind of known for its strong beer, um, but it's like whatever the percent is in England, three point eight or four percent Stella. It's like seven point eight in in this Blankenberg um so it was just yeah trying new things and it was really cool and I think on that same um cruise um guy I'd worked with before Ray Lewis came on which was really funny because I was meant to be doing a gig with him um in September before obviously the cruise happened um and then he was on just shortly after that gig and um I've only worked with him a couple of times, so I wasn't sure he'd remember me. But like at first, he's like Ash Baby, We're like, and he's like, "Who do I need to talk to to get you guys to play for me? The captain, man? Do I get the captain? Um, no, please not, Ray. Just, <laughs> but it was great. And so, and like when you do the cruises as well, it's just obviously it can be sometimes a bit lonely, and you're a bit homesick. And like you see a, just a familiar face, and all of a sudden you just gravitate to that person straight away because it's like. Yeah someone you know from another like another life really um but yeah he was great and so that was kind of my october i think excellent stuff um but yeah i mean i suppose for me after after that it was uh got into dainty's territory um <laughs> as we we kind of got into into the this year's sort of touring touring work which with one thing in a panto, um, I didn't end up doing the the entire tour this time round. I I just sort of did about half of it. Um, there was a week a week or so's worth right way down in the south that I just I couldn't couldn't make work. So I did sort of the first part of the tour and the last part of the tour and not the middle bit. So I sort of bookended it. But um, yeah, we we had some 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 really good gigs. We did a. Um, went back up to Scotland to uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow which was which was really nice um I played played in those venues a couple of times and always really nice audiences really really good places to play um uh, and nice places to work um so yeah they were they were good and then uh, Liverpool playing at the the Philharmonic uh music room which I've played in the I'd played in the big room at the Philharmonic before um with the with the theatre show I work on, but I hadn't played the the smaller room, but it was a really really nice sounding room. Some of some of those sort of small smaller concert rooms can sometimes be either too lively or too dead. But the Philharmonic was just it was a really nice sound 
had a great tech crew there who, who really looked after us and um yeah i don't know how many we had in but it was it was really busy the room was was really full for for the band so it was it was good um but yeah i think that was about that was sort of the first half of it we did a couple of sort of intimate small shows in north shields um at a little venue up there which was which was good and we got the original dainty's bass player anth was joining us for a couple of uh, for a select few of the shows on the on the tour because um he's just getting back to back to work after after a, a little period of ill health over the past couple of years so it was great to have him on the on the road with us a little bit he did liverpool and he did those two in north shields and he did a couple of the others that we're going to come to in a minute um when we get into sort of november time but yeah it's um it was we got the first first sort of i think four or five dates out the way and then the uh the panto bus started up for me so i was uh i was in the theater sort of getting getting into all of that with all the all the bells and whistles and fun that that brings every year so uh so that was yeah it was i mean doing the panto was like getting into an old pair of slippers having done it at the at the gala in durham last year and then again this year there wasn't really in the sense of my job there wasn't really much difference it was a nice new score to have a look at and same md um different band lineup this year different guitarist different bass player but all great players and you know i think it's pretty safe to say we make a pretty good noise Yeah, the Wolfpack of uh, the Panto world. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but um, <laughs> but no, it's um, yeah, it's it's one of those one of those gigs. You just you know, once you you get into the into the motion of it, you forget where they've where they've all gone, and next thing you know, you've you passed the halfway point. You know, done all the school shows, which are not not anyone's favourite because it's some of them can be like an absolute riot of uh of kids <laughs> in the audience uh so but yeah we you know we're as we record this i think about over two-thirds of the way through so final stretch now to <laughs> towards the uh towards the end of that but um but yeah i suppose uh, we'll throw it back to you for where you went next yeah well i think um well around that well, sort of early November, obviously, was um, sort of the Remembrance uh, Remembrance Day and all that kind of thing. And um, obviously, they had a service and all that on the ship. But one of the really cool things was um, we were in Gibraltar, I think, on the actual, on the 7th of the 7th. Um, not the 7th of the 7th, that doesn't make any sense. The 11th of the 11th. Uh, I've got such, I've slept since then. Um, <laughs> it shows. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, we went. We were in Gibraltar on the actual day, and so we got to go and watch. They had a big ceremony um, uh, in the sort of parliamentary square, and um, and that and that was really cool. Like one of those things you always sort of remember um, being somewhere so far away, but obviously it's British um, territory, so it was very strange but really cool. Um, and then, and another um, sort of another like one of those things you always remember and 
like I was saying before, with seeing a familiar face is was um earlier in the year we'd met or I'd met somebody on the ship who was a, a sort of a crime specialist and I didn't realise at the time was actually a writer as well. Um and the people I was working with knew her from previous cruises. Um and at that time it's not fun to talk about, but I was reading um like a cr I'm into crime things. I think I was reading the Dennis Nilsson book at the time. Um obviously really great reading that a barrel of laughs oh, um, yeah. and she knew about, knew about that book and so then this next time getting back on she was on the ship for our last cruise so it was like oh I know that name and like she obviously remembered us so we kind of gravitated big football fan and just like the woman of my dreams really um, <laughs> crime and football um, in that order and, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so she's called Diane James, and um, so we kind of, she said, oh yeah, I, I actually write crime novels and stuff as well, like true stories and my own ones, and I ended up Googling her and realising she's like an award-winning author, and she ended up giving me, because we were talking about the books again, and um, so she ended up giving me one of her books and doing a nice, um, uh, you know, signing it and stuff for me, which was really great, um, and then just the last thing on the cruise front before December was um, the Alfie Bo came on with his band, which oh wow, um, which was really cool, um, and a drummer that I knew but didn't really know the name of. Obviously, the drummer in our band knew him, Pete uh, Pete Ray Biggins. He was playing drums for him, so and just him and his band were really lovely, and all came over and introduced themselves, and we managed to catch their set. Which was just unbe like the sound was like a concert sound just on the ship. It was like really cool, but yeah, really nice guy and um, just one of those perks that you get sometimes when working on ships. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't uh, can't argue with that one, I suppose. And, yeah, and uh, speaking of um, famous musicians, back over to Charlie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm not a famous musician. Never, <laughs> never will be probably. But um, not a complaint. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. So for for me, alongside the the Pandora stuff, it was yeah, just getting. I did a few other odd odd gigs here and there. So you know, the, the Dainties tour um, kind of continued. We did um, a little run down, sort of around and about Yorkshire way, really, um, doing Hebden Bridge then. Then uh, over to Hull, um, just getting into your sort of territory over there, um, <laughs> and then you know from there on we went to um, kind of what you would consider a home gig for the band, which was um, the Sage in Gateshead, which we were we were back in Hall two again, um, another sold out gig there, which was re really nice and um, it was good for me because I had some family in. Um, my grandparents were were in which was which was really nice and um you know um there was a really really good vibe and again we had original band lineup um with uh, Anthon bass Gary on guitar Martin and then uh, obviously it used to be my granddad's gig and now it's now it's mine but um yeah so uh that was it was a really really nice nice gig to do there and um yeah having grandparents in was was really nice and and uh yeah just a and a good way to 
to sort of round up that kind of part of the tour because it was it was you know that sort of was the close of the the regular tour dates if you like we uh, we had one more pretty special one to to come which was at um, the two two nine venue in uh, Great Portland Street in London, um, which was um, an uh, you know it was an excellent gig for for many reasons. Um, it was a bit of a trek to get there, as I was <laughs> saying earlier. I think it took us nine hours to drive from well for the guys to drive from Sunderland to then pick me up and then <clears throat> all go to to London. I think it was nine hours total. You know, just with, um, I think the rail strikes were on, so the roads were a bit busier, and it was when we were having that really, uh, really cold, freezing spell with loads of snow around and things. So mm. I think a few couple of, at least once, the sat nav tried to take us down this road of sheet ice that we wisely decided to ignore. Um, we ignored the ignored the, the sat nav on that one and. And finally, we got to got to the gig, um, albeit two hours late for getting in, even though we'd left ourselves plenty of time, so we thought. Um, but, uh, yeah, we managed to get in and get set up, get sound checked. Um, and we had a special guest for for that gig, which was uh, which was really nice. We, uh, Tom Robinson from the, the Tom Robinson band. Um um, he got up to do to do three numbers with us. Um, we'd met him once before. Uh, funnily enough, the last time we did the the Great British Folk Festival at Butlin's Skegness last year, <laughs> um, he got up and did a bit of uh, a bit of backing vocals on one of Martin's tunes because they I think they're old mates and I'm sure Martin's done stuff, done a set odd sessions for him uh, on his Radio Six show. Um, a couple of years ago so they they kind of known each other a while and and yeah he agreed to come and do a little guest spot at um at the london gig um he got up and did three numbers so he obviously did two four six eight motorway which is probably the, the tune he's best known for but he also did um sing if you're glad to be gay which was his, his other sort of big hit and then um war baby which was i think his sort of resurgence a bit later on um, so yeah, it was like three tunes in the middle of the set, you know, because of all of the, the fun of the day, we didn't really get much time to even rehearse them. It was quick talk through it in the dressing room for the most part, and then go on and see what happens. But, um, yeah, he was, he was a, you know, pleasure to work with and, and to play alongside and, you know, I mean, you always have that sort of, I don't know if it's just me, but I, te- you know, with a lot of those songs, you know, you want to get them right, but especially when the guy who wrote them's there, there's there's yeah. that bit of pressure that you you want it to be, you want him to be happy, you want it to be right, and um, yeah, we had a when we were sound checking two four six eight motorway, he uh, he uh, he stopped us a a little sort of a bit of the way through, and and he he just wanted it busier. So I mean, you know, I'm not I'm naturally not a really busy player. Um, in terms of I like to play, you know, just try and keep in the groove and, and keep it going uh, and get a good feel rather than playing loads and loads of fills. But Tom wanted loads and loads of fills. He, you know, he said the guy who played on the original 
you know, he just filled every single gap around every line of vocal. So he was just said, "Go for it," and um, he actually scrawled on my uh, on my little chart that I'd written out for the tune. He said, "It is not possible to play uh, to to play too much on two four six eight motorway," and signed it. So I've just put that on the wall, uh, put that in a frame, and put it on the wall now. So that was. Great. That was pretty cool, and um, it was a great way to round up the kind of the Dainties tour as a as a whole. We had one extra gig that that was non a non tour gig, uh, which was about a week after that. But as far as the, the the tour as it as it stood was was concerned, that was that was where we wrapped it up. And the last little gig was just a a really intimate night in a in a little venue up in Hexham uh, for about forty people. So it was it was really really intimate and you know we've we've joked before about small stages but uh, this one was really this this was about as small as it gets um, you know I, I managed to have a, a full kit on there albeit with a very shallow bass drum thankfully because <laughs> I think my kit took up at least a third of the stage if not more and um, it was uh, yeah it was. Uh, it was pretty tight up there, but we um, we had a really good gig, and you know it was a, it was a good way to ra- to round off a year of Dainty's work again. And I think there's hopefully some more stuff to come in for for the new year and the um, the upcoming albums still being still being worked on. So that hopefully will will be out at some point in 2023. I'm not sure when, um, but um, yeah, as you can see, I'm not at all plugging the band. <laughs> Today. Yeah, very nice. N- not, not, not one chance of that happening on here. Um, and I think as well, um, if you want to see any photos of some of the stuff we've talked about, um, and from the last few months, you can um, go on the Groovecast page and you've uploaded, like yeah. you were saying, you've you've uploaded that signed, um, that signed thing as well, haven't you? And, yeah. So yeah. either on our personal, you know, Instagrams and all of that, or um, or on the Groovecast one, I think we'll probably put up a few highlights with this episode. We'll 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 throw a few a few of our own little highlights up to to sort of add to the add to the um, the episode, so you can you can have a little look as well, and um, and yeah, just see uh, see where we've been at. Yeah, and I think with that, we'll uh, wrap up this episode of Groovecast. And uh, until next time, we'll see you.